It's the Classic Red Green Show Podcast! Hi, welcome to the Classic Red Green Show Podcast. And as always, I am your host, AJ. And here we are in episode 20. Uh, hard to believe it's already 20 episodes in. So it's pretty exciting to be this far into the season. We're almost done through all the episodes of season one, uh, which is pretty neat. So uh, I'm looking, as uh, like most of you know by now, if you've listened to the show before, that uh, I'm really looking forward to season two. That, that's kind of the season that is sort of my favorite of the whole series. So uh, to be through almost all 24 episodes of the first season you know i'm I'm pretty excited about that so um looking forward to moving forward and and kind of seeing where we go with the rest of this season here season one uh aired uh, back in 1991 um and just kind of see where it takes us into season two Um, we're gonna see a lot of interesting stuff here at the end of the season um particularly just in kind of how they recycled some of the clips and stuff from season one or at least some of the earlier stuff that they would have shot in season one and kind of at the end and then into season two so um, you're going to see a little bit of overlap that way and uh, just kind of the, the fun part of the nuance of it and it also shows that they weren't really planning necessarily a season two just sort of let's get through season one see where we're at and then maybe go from there um, and then of course they had some additional content that they were able to reuse back into that, that second season um, which always uh always got me to thinking, um, you know, do they have a vault somewhere with some of this extra content that never actually got used? Or even just some of the extra shots or, you know, the takes or whatever. I, you know, I have to think that they would have that floating around somewhere at some point. Maybe they ended up recycling the tape or something and it just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but if it does, I mean, I have to admit, I'd be curious to see it. So I wonder if they could, you know, run through a maybe patch a, a clip show or, or something just do something maybe to bring that out i'm sure the fans would enjoy it um so i mean if anyone from the the show or smith and smith is listening i mean i you know I, i'd be very curious about that and, and very interested as well um so today i'm not going to do a big monologue i think uh, you know this season pretty much speaks for itself definitely this, this episode it, it's a great episode um, not not necessarily one of my favorites from season one, but I mean it's it's just a very solid episode, um, one that you know it's kind of what you you kind of get that feel that um, they're sort of getting into their groove, especially compared to the first ten episodes of the season, uh, and just sort of uh, hitting home uh, kind of where they they feel the the show should be going. Like you know you get that really good dynamic between um, Patrick McKenna and Steve Smith, and of course some of the supporting cast. We're going to see in the show. I mean, they're, I mean, classics for, for Red Green. Obviously, we're going to have Rick Green uh, reprising his Bill Smith role, but we're also going to have Bruce Hunter in, and he's going to be talking, um, you know, more in that, that Bob Stuyvesant role. So, very interested to see where they go with that. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to do much of a monologue today. We're just going to get right into some of our segments, and then, of course, right into the show of the week. Uh, keep it really. Uh, simple, keep the flowing going. I mean, if Harold was here, he probably would just, you know, do the click, 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 click thing that we saw earlier in the season, uh, where people are just moving along because it's just dragging on and on. And uh, we're gonna avoid that, so we're just gonna get right into it with a little segment I like to call the news. today we don't really have a lot of news but I, there is one thing that sort of um caught my eye and i mean we'll get to that in a second um what i'll just talk about here is uh um possum lodge podcast just pumped out episode 26 uh, that was a couple days ago uh, of course if you're listening to this in the future i mean that 
probably has passed long ago. Uh, but still, I mean, these are great episodes. Um, they're already up to 26, so keep supporting them. Uh, they do them once a month, kind of like this show, and um, it's just great, great work. And if you're a fan of the show, you're going to love what they're doing here. I mean, it's just a continuation of what they've been doing for 15 years and a movie as well as some stand-up uh one-man stand-up shows with, with Steve Smith, so, um, you know, if you want to do that, if you're interested, uh, jump into it, um, it's, it's, like I said, it's a possible watch podcast, you can, um, you can Google that and find it that way, or you can just go to redgreen.com, I mean, it's the first thing that you're going to find there, uh, so make sure you pop in and, and have a look at that. As far as our news today, um, uh, so this is something that just recently came out on, uh, Friday, August 5th, uh, 2022 and uh, this one is from InsideHalton.com so the Halton region southern Ontario so again we're talking about um, really the backyard of, of Red Green and, and where it was shot in that Halton region the Hamilton region Burlington um, you know all around Toronto GTA so this is right in the wheelhouse. They know these people very well, and of course, they're keeping a very interesting eye on some former Red Green alumni here. So, um, the article that we're looking at today is wacky prison comedy featuring Bur- Burlington actor writer gaining traction, and that's talking about a little show we were talking about earlier on in the in the uh, podcast series here called Pink Is In, uh, which is a 15 minute episode of comedy that's uh, right now on Bell Five TV One, which is a channel up here in Canada, um, and apparently it struck a chord uh, with a lot of people, and people are very interested. It's it's definitely developing a following. So chances are it's going to end up stateside or somewhere else uh, where you can access it anywhere you're listening to this podcast at some point. Um, specifically, um, I'll, I'll kind of a, kind of a, uh, point out that Patrick McKenna is uh, playing the wacky Warden Dungworth. Um, if you've seen this show, it's there's a little bit of a Harold vibe to it. I mean, of course, and Patrick McKenna is a, a little bit older now than when he played Harold. Uh, so it gives you that kind of feeling of where Harold might be later on in life. Uh, that, that's kind of my um, approach or kind of my feeling on it. So have a look at that. Uh, if you do have the option to here in Canada, if you're um, not in Canada, of course, just keep looking for it. Um, the show just got the green light for season three, as we learned in the article. Um, there, uh, that's obviously good. I mean, it's showing the popularity of it. It's definitely going to be continuing. Um, but they're also mentioning that it was nominated for an actor award, and it's currently in negotiations for a U.S. deal. So you will be able to theoretically see this in the states very, very soon. So. Have a look at that. It's called Pink Is In, and uh, I'm sure that they have a website for it. I didn't look, but I'm confident that they're going to have a social media presence and a website. You know, see what they're doing. Check the uh, check in on them. They might even have clips on YouTube, that type of thing. If you're a fan of the sh- uh, Patrick McKenna's work, if you're a fan of the show. I mean, um, it's great to support some of the alumni from Red Green and, and just sh- uh, showing how much more of a presence the show has on on comedy and television in Canada and beyond um, that's still uh, felt to this day as we see a lot of the alumni uh, out there doing different things like this but also just kind of the next generation of, of actors and directors and writers who fell in love with the show back in the day and, and maybe when they're younger and they're using that kind of inspiration to write new stuff now and, and that's kind of the real neat charm of the show so that's our news for the day so I guess we'll move on here. We do have some questions and some commentary. Um, some of them from you, the listeners. So I'm going to get to that in a little segment I like to call the mailbag. Okay, so this episode, we're going to have our mailbag, of course. All these are coming directly from the Red Green Fans Facebook group. Uh, So if you are a fan of the show and if you're a fan of this podcast, 
go on there and join up with the Red Green Fans Facebook group. Um, feel free to post, do whatever you want to do. It's a f- place for all fans of the show to go and just kind of chat and all that type of stuff. I'm going to announce the segments there. I'm going to announce uh, new podcast drops, but definitely want to get your opinions and your comments and anything else that uh, we would use here on this segment. So uh, without further ado, we're going to go right into it. So, we've got our first question here is from Tim Haggett, who's asked if we've seen the new Gorilla Tape. Um, he's mentioning he's a duct tape man, and he uses it from everything from sealing a leak in the old wooden boat that he has, to taping his wife's mouth shut. Uh, and he prefaces that with saying that the last part never really happens. Uh, really hope she doesn't see this. Um, of course, <laughs> I don't blame you there. <laughs> eh, Show's always about having a few jokes, right? So, um, he is uh, inquiring. Um, he's thinking of switching his tapes, uh, maybe away from uh, duct tape. So, he's wondering about our thoughts. Um, so, I mean, my, my uh, response to that is, um, you know, I mean, this is a great product. I mean, don't get me wrong. Grill tape's a fantastic product. Um, does it replace duct tape? No, I mean, maybe use it alongside of it, but it's just never going to have that same feeling, feel, effect of duct tape. Uh, maybe some of the uses are going to be a little bit different with Grell tape. Um, it, it's, again, it's a quality product. Uh, will it um, surpass duct tape, like traditional duct tape? No, probably not. But, I mean, hey, you know, use what it makes sense to you. I mean... Um, you know, 15 seasons of the show. I mean, we've seen duct tape do just about anything. I like to I like to go tr- tried and true on that one. He also notes that, uh, in kind of a follow-up, that um, he, there's a huge selection of duct tape available these days called, you know, camouflage, caution tape, virtually any color. Um, he wants to know where we're going with this new array of secret weapon, uh, and what about the future of duct tape. And um, to me... I mean, I see that as just more the adaptation of, of a really great product. I mean, the big thing about this show is that it celebrates duct tape, and it celebrates the usefulness and the fun of duct tape. And, I mean, I look at that, and I just say, it's so well regarded that people just want to have it in every color, shape, design, everything under the sun. And to me, that's a good thing. I mean, classic silver is always going to be, you know, that, that perfect duct tape. I mean, it's no different to having a really nice suit uh, or uh, a tuxedo or something. You know, that's it's just timeless. But I mean, there's always room for, you know, a flavor of the month or just something a little bit different uh, that still uses that same kind of um, great quality. So, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, use whatever makes sense to you. But don't forget that, you know, that classic silver is always been in your back pocket, ready to go if you ever need it. So, um, for me, that's where I'm at with it. Um, so, we've had, um, we had to, we had a really great question from Joy Kinzer Montgomery, who asked, how many rolls of duct tape has Greg Green used in his lifetime? Um, that's fantastic. I love that question. That is one that I honestly do not have an answer to. And I'm kind of conflicted. So, I mean, on one hand, I could literally watch every one of the episodes and the movie and count how many rolls of duct tape, you know, from a suggestive point of view that he used. Maybe he reused some in in maybe a scene or something. I'm going to make an assumption on those cases. And I could do that. And I probably will do that at some point. However, and I mean, and, and before I move forward, I also want to, at some point, make uh, some sort of tool which shows you which episode he uses the most and which episode he uses the least. Why? Why not? I mean, is that, that's never going to impact your life, it's never going to change your life, whatever. But, hey, that'd be kind of neat to find out. Um... You know, has, how much is he used in the lifetime? I mean, all we've got is whatever we've got in the show. I mean, obviously, before the show, after the show, whatever he's using, I have no idea. I'm just going to say, if I had to guess, a million rolls. You know, and that's just a that's just a guess out of nowhere. I have no idea. I love the question. I love where you're getting kind of that thought process from. No clue. <laughs> uh, 
he goes on or she goes on to say what's the most duct tape used in a single project again that's something i want to i want to kind of look at at some point that's going to be a long-term thing i'm going to have to just scour through every episode um man i wish i would have started here at season at episode one <laughs> um but yeah I, I i don't know right now i could tell you offhand um if anyone wants to help out um you know if you're watching an episode count send it in you know, I would really appreciate it. I would put that set, those stats up on the website. You know, the um, Class of Red Green Show website. Um, you know, at some point I'll have that on there. If you want to send that in to give me a hand, I would be very, very grateful for that. So, um, you know, at some point we'll have that information. But uh, as of right now, we don't. Um, she's also asked, has the traditional silver-gray duct tape the only kind of red greens ever used, or has he ventured out into other colors or patterns, and if so, what color pattern were used? Uh, to my knowledge, he has not used any other colors or patterns. There was a brief um, situation in the one episode, and I believe it's season 10, uh, about how there's no duct tape left at the lodge or in the area, kind of an emergency thing. I, I remember they have a uh, break glass, uh, you know, emergency sort of box in behind in kind of the main atrium where they do their monologues and that in the in the lodge and uh, of course roll duct tape inside they go break the glass for the episode uh, duct tape roll uh, disintegrates because it's so old kind of the joke um, in that episode they get some I believe it's like some of that that brownish clearish brown uh, packing tape um, obviously not the same uh, I don't think he really uses it from... And again, I'm going off memory from... You know, I haven't seen that for a few years. Um, has he used anything else? Nothing to my knowledge. Um, keep in mind, though, it's not so much like today where we, again, have all these colors and designs and, low, and all that type of stuff. Um, back in the day, you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s when the show aired there just wasn't the variety that way i mean there's probably black or maybe white but typically you would only have gray um so i mean that i don't even think he really had an opportunity to go into a different uh color or pattern but i mean I, again i love the way you're, you're thinking here you're coming up with these great questions uh so i appreciate it i mean i just wish i had um you know a fun answer for that but i just don't think that the opportunity was there she also asked if Harold is Red Green's nephew, how many siblings does Red Green have, and what are their names? Again, a great question. My understanding is that Red has a brother, um, or actually, sorry, a sister, I believe, because if we go earlier on in, I want to say season two or three, Red or maybe it's one. Um, anyway, um, Red does allude at one point. Um, that he that Harold only has the job on the show because his father owes Red a bunch of money because Red kind of helped him out at some point, and I believe it was a case of he had a sister that was the brother-in-law, and he just felt like doing something nice for him. I don't think it's Red had a brother, and that was Harold's father. Again, I'll have to look into that more, but he does have another family member that way. As far as anyone else, it's not very clear. They don't really go into that detail. So, uh, even for the you know Harold's father, we don't know anything more than just it's his father. I mean, there's also an, again another debate about how um, the father actually is bailing Red out by financing the show, and that's why Harold's there. They do that in another episode. That's why I'm confused as to which one is which. Um, that's a little thing where there's a you know an issue with like the kind of the writing that way and i don't think they really i mean it was a good it, they were doing it for a joke i don't think they really were thinking of kind of the timeline and how that would make a um, kind of an error but um nonetheless we don't actually have any names unfortunately um where does red green fall in the order of siblings again we don't really know for sure i think he's the oldest um oldest of two at least they don't talk about anymore and they don't even really talk about how old it is compared to, you know, the other sibling. The presumption is Red is probably your classic 55 through 70-year-old, so in that range. Harold being, I guess at the start of the series, maybe 15 
to 20 and then grows up to maybe being 25, 30 at most, I'm going to assume the father is probably about maybe 30, 25 to 35 years older than Harold. So that puts him into maybe, I want to say, 50-ish. Which would make sense. Let's let's say Harold is perpetual, or sorry, yeah. Let's say Red is perpetually about fifty-five, sixty. Harold's father is about fifty, fifty-five. That would place Red for sure as the older sibling. Uh, but again, those are purely speculative. Um, we don't really know. We're never really told in in the series of the show. So I wish I had again a better answer for you, but we just don't know. Um, she also mentions are any of the other siblings involved with Possum Lodge and if so has there been a rival rivalry or a power struggle sort of answered that again um, there's conflicting stuff over the series where Harold's father is involved or not involved in the show financially not necessarily involved in maybe the production or anything else but just purely financially um, is there a power struggle or a rivalry Probably not, but in some ways I feel like there might be, if we accept the one situation where Harold's father sort of helped to pay for the show, or pay for the production of the show, and maybe there's a little bit of annoyance or uh, a power struggle, maybe? Because, it, I'll put it this way, to use that as far as part of the show, and part of the joke of the show, they paint Red in a way where he's reluctantly letting Harold do his role in the show simply because his father was assisting financially. So my impression would be Harold wouldn't be anywhere near that because Red's kind of annoyed about him and he's kind of a weird, you know, like Harold's kind of like that goofy teenager. They just don't seem to have anything in common and they probably don't get, you know, not, not necessarily get along, but maybe they just don't um, spend a lot of time together outside of the show, or, or, or certainly when they're growing up, maybe, or something. So, I feel like there's a bit of a power struggle where, you know, maybe it's kind of like, Harold's going to be on the show, and he's kind of like, no, uh, no thanks. And the guy's like, well, yeah, I think so. If you want to have a show, he's going to be on it. Um, that That's sort of my impression i mean again it's it's speculative we, we don't really hear concrete you know anything um if and again if we look at the other thing where you know apparently red gives his father some money he sort of down talks him a little bit uh, harold's father um so again maybe again Maybe there's a little rivalry or power struggle to that. Uh, and again, purely speculative. speculative. I, I really don't know. And we're not told. So, I mean, again, that's the fun of the show in this case. We really deep dive in these sorts of, of questions where we can come up with what we think is probably the best fit based on what we see. And human nature, of course. So, um, again, I, I really appreciate those those questions, that series of questions. I love the way you think here. I love the where you're kind of going with them. That's exactly the sort of stuff that I love getting into and why I made the website like I did. So, um, thanks a lot for that. I uh, really appreciate that. So, that's, that's pretty much where we're at as far as our mailbag segment. Um, before we get into the show of the week, I'm just going to say, you know, I want to give a big thanks to our sponsor, Railline Design. I mean, it's been so helpful having you as a sponsor. Um, they do a great job looking after us here so we can put on the show. So uh, go out there and, and kind of support them and, um, you know, help them out and giving us giving us a little bit more support on our end as you support them they support us and we give you up more content so it really i mean it's a nice circle you're getting a great bargain you're getting a great rail line design item plus the show i mean uh, that's that's good value that's good five dollar value at least that's you know free you buy an item you're getting you know five dollars of value in this show guaranteed you know so um thanks a lot to rail line designs go out there and support them i mean it doesn't matter what what year what time of year it is if it's a birthday it's a christmas or it's anything i mean there's so many great items they have on there perfect for gifts perfect for your own house so i mean go on there um and support them 
Okay, so we're going to get into the show of the week. Uh, the show of the week, of course, is uh, episode 20, The Water Tower. And um, if you want to go um, and queue it up and you can follow along with us, you don't have to because we're going to play the episode. You're going to hear it. I'm going to talk and just kind of talk about the episode over, over it kind of thing. Uh, but if you do want to queue it up... Um, you know, maybe put this on pause right now if you're at a computer or whatever. Of course, if you're uh, on you know on your phone out for a walk or something, don't worry about it. Just follow along. But um, if you do want to queue it up, just put it on pause. Go onto your YouTube. Um, go onto your Google machine or whatever. Type in Red Green Show uh, episode 20, season one episode 20, or Red Green Show Water Tower. It should come up. It should be the first thing there. Uh, go ahead, queue it up, and uh, when we come back from this break. Uh, we're going to start right into our episode of the week. Okay, so here we go. We're uh, Season 1, Episode 20, The Water Tower. It's from Season 1, of course. Our synopsis for this one is The Men Build the Water Tower. Granted. Uh, Red comments on free love. Bill has trouble trolling. Red makes his own gullwing doors for a 78 for Granada. Of course, we're going to have... Harold, played by Patrick McKenna. Of course, Steve Smith will be Rick Green. Rick Green will reprise as Bill Smith, of course. And we get Bruce Hunter with an appearance as Bob Stavelson. So, looking forward to that. Now, the air date is arguably August 11th, 1991. So, um, quite a long time from now. But it's interesting to see... Uh, you know, how, how the show transcends, even though it's been 20, 30 years, um, it's still good. And it's still relatable to what people of today, I think. So, uh, this particular episode, I think, is definitely going to be straight out of that, that mold. And, I mean, granted, I mean, you're probably not going to make something out of a 78 Granada. If anything, you're, you might even actually be restoring a 78 Granada at this point. But um, it's fun to think about how, at the time, you know, 78 Granada was just considered. You know, just a, a junker car that no one cares about. You know, so makes a it makes for an interesting part of the show later on here as we get into the Handyman Corner. Um, and of course, the Granada you'll know from uh, a couple of other Handyman Corner episodes where they kind of sort of make you do make use of the car to a degree as well. So um, if I remember, I think changing a headlight was was one of the main ones for that one. So. Um, you can imagine that the shooting for that segment was um, done over, you know, a couple of segments over maybe an afternoon or a couple of hours, yeah. which is how they shot usually. I love this, you know, you've got, you know, Red just, he just knows that he's going to interrupt and he's just not interrupting. It's, it sort of throws a, a wrench and of course now we got Red handling all the, the stuff here, so. These ones, they kind of throw you off a little bit, a little different. Got some great views of that axe right there. A lot, a lot clearer, I'll say, than the last episode. <laughs> and here's the rub. And just right on. Of course, you see that shoulder strap. Harold the, on the side there. Same shoulder strap that uh, Steve Smith used in Smith & Smith. This guitar, he's using quite a bit, and uh, he's using it right here. How about that for a segue? Pretty good song. I know how uh, Harold does that, he's got like kind of a bobblehead. <laughs> and now he's laughing, like, like the shrug. You know? <laughs> Do you like the little. Mm. It's a nice touch. And here's our Granada. There's a four-door car. It's not a two-door, so maybe that's... You know, even today, maybe you're not restoring it or something. Maybe the value isn't there. But if you want an older car, the experience of an old car, and you got a family or some people, or you just have some stuff to haul around, I mean, 78 Granada is a good choice, of course. Forward guy, of course. But, you know, of course, right here at that outdoor location. Yeah. 
It's out of Hamilton. We did find about that. Haven't been there yet, but uh, looking forward to checking it out. I will say, don't don't go down there um, necessarily just because it is private property, so you gotta gotta get permission to go on first. But you can basically go down to the end of the road, and that's where this driveway is. It comes all the way down and right up where they are right now. So you should be able to have at least you know maybe bring a binocular set and have some views. Of course, that went through real easy, so you had to wonder. I mean, you see the duct tape clearly; they had punched the hole through beforehand. Duct taped it. And one sledgehammer just takes it all out. I just go for the door, but. By golly, this is really on, huh? Yeah, that's it. Of course, he just keeps it up. And we all know where this is going, right? Of course, you have the wide shot here. and They don't do much shots of the front of the car, and that's because they made use of the car. You can see there, right there, where the, the headlight's kind of off, it's been cut. And that's from that earlier episode of Changing a Headlight. Of course, they'll, they'll use more of the car as the uh, handyman corners go on. Uh, making a kitchen set, for example. That That's going to be a fun one. If kind of a reuse it type of guy. You'll, you'll enjoy that. I have to give him credit, though. I mean, that come up with this whole thing, I mean, it's completely, completely crazy, but uh, in theory it works. Safety first. He's got a point. Every movie, every uh, car movie, you know, action movie, they pretty much prove that. You only imagine how much duct tape there on top of that. It's probably doubling the value of the car with all the duct tape on there right now. Chris got a torch, just cut a hole in. See, it's also kind of amazing. I mean, it's obviously a demo, I guess that's what the classified is, but sort of, uh, sort of amazing you would actually go to the trouble of putting a golden door in a four-door sedan, but. But he's proved it. Yeah, I think he's got the only four-door sedan in the world right here. That is Gullwing Door. Technically it works, right? That works. Trim is gone, of course, but... You just hear all the metal bending, and uh, what, a, what a mess. I love the wave. Just the successful wave. Look how he's all patronizing him here. So this is how you know the story's really good, right? Like he's Harold's actually wanting to talk about the story. To get ourselves a poem here. Where's the big bumper for the, the Heart of the Fall? They don't usually do this, except when they come off commercial. It usually goes right here. Of course, you see all those leaves. You gotta wonder if that must be uncomfortable to sit there, because you know they shot that in a, at least an afternoon, if not the whole day. You just camped out inside a bunch of leaves like that. Can't be nice. That leads some questions. I like this challenging him. I want the people to hear this story, Uncle Red. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I really do. Honest engines. Staff wanted. Cherry on top. Superman. What's going on? This is one of the fun ones too. Like uh, I also like the one where he's talking about, oh, you know, it's it's super boring and people are just gonna go away and tune out, you know. And then he goes click 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 click. But I, I like this one too. Because they kind of shake it up that way, right? A little different. Just because. 
shot of that axe there, you see everything. Of course that antenna, you don't get a good view of the antenna if you want to recreate it, but like this here and uh, yeah, Red's just gonna, he's just gonna walk away from that, so maybe not a bad idea. Great bumper of course, classic bumper. Well, we go right to uh, Bob's working, 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 I guess we'll say, just, just working, you know, on the golf course, but working. Like now he's, he's pretending not to cheat, even though he's going to pretend here that he should be working. <laughs> even though he's, he doesn't have golf clubs or anything. It's fun how, you know, Bob rekindles his role throughout the series, but specifically he's one of those few guys that comes back in season two and he's actually around with the rest of the cast members. Um, you don't see, of course, Ranger Cord. Um, obviously, Jimmy McFay isn't on this, the series again after season one, so. Um, definitely one of the more interesting parts of his character. A couple of great. Uh, a great episodes that he did with Bob Salveson, or, uh, Bob Salveson, uh, Glenn Braxton, you know, later on here, season two, which we'll get to. Of course, now we're, you know, we're talking golf, you know, <laughs> so basically every day, a couple times a day, maybe. I could play as much golf as, as I wanted, and it could become a real problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to wonder, like, how, does he not have a report to do, or, you know? I don't keep counting. I don't know. And, then, and probably the worst part about it is he's a completely awful golfer. I mean, you can't be that bad and play that much. Plus, how does he enjoy it? Like, it's such a complex character. No, no. Well, it's good for the balls when you wash them off, but it's head down. That's the whole thing, you know. Tough to keep your head down. It's important. Got to do some government work. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you all right, Bob? I'm fine. Tagging some trees. I don't know if he actually spray paints there. You don't really see anything. And he's he's going to go crazy. Of the stay tuned as if it's gonna come back to him beating a tree. <laughs> like, oh, so great. Oh, this is a great song here. Let's listen. Oh, yeah, Red or uh, Harold's just starting to get it at the end here. Red's looking at him like, yep. Oh, we got a good mail call. Oh, this is the Red Groin Fire Club. Alright. Are there any explosives that can be made from a cake mix? This is for a surprise party, so please refer to me by the name Ralph rather than my real name, which is also Ralph, but spelled with an F. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's a weird one, right? It's funny too because you see like they're both kind of different perspectives and it highlights the perspective can be slightly different for the same thing. Our kitchen? Really? We'll see their kitchen in season two. I've seen a brand muffin take out a whole uh, septic system. <laughs> well, maybe we should answer this viewer by mail, because we don't want this information getting into the wrong hands. You know, like a, a terrorist banker or something. <laughs> <laughs> completely not just, uh, realistic, right? Up here and uh, get old man Cedric to show him. Uh, he makes a birthday cake that blows out its own candles. But that's <laughs> impressive. Maybe, would he charge the viewer for that? I wouldn't imagine. Oh, no, probably not. Yeah. Might cost him a couple of eyebrows. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Harold, that's not bad. 
Oh, Adventures of the Bell. Oh, uh, we're gonna be Bowden. And uh, I have a feeling he's gonna. Yeah. It takes everything out. Of course, Red's reaction is just, you know, completely just top the boat. Don't worry about it. Pretty neat. Of course, I, I wouldn't do this, but. You can see where this is going. I mean, you can't just clamp these in here and expect to just trug along. I mean, I, I don't know how you'd expect to have any sort of lines not being jumbled up or anything, but of course they're getting a gas can even though they've got an electric bow motor, which um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised with that one, but you know, maybe an extra battery, but yeah, there they go. I mean, so far so good, right? We all know where it's probably going to end up here, right? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Did you guess this? I'm sure you guessed this. But. And of course, yeah, because you can't really go, and of course they're like hooked up into him, and we all know where it is, right? So. And, uh, well. Right out into the lake, so yeah. Of course, this was shot. You can see the background, just the trees and the way the trees are. They're rock, kind of rocky, so you kind of almost go straight up there. I know earlier off the dock, you'd seen kind of those background shots um, off the dock. You know, when the patrol motor went kind of up the dock and off with uh, Bill. You can see it's kind of rocky and kind of goes straight up. So this is clearly in the Muskokas, definitely not southern Ontario, Hamilton area. Um, I, I don't know what lake. My assumption is probably. Lake Russo or somewhere around that because he did a lot of shot uh, shooting, uh, you know, different things there. Lake Russo, uh, the town itself is basically the stand-in for Possum, uh, you know, Possum Lake, the town, and Possum Lake, the lake. Um, you know, thumbs up, he's okay. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure that's up. Definitely Muskoka's for sure, but I mean that's the terrain. But probably Lake Russo, like a little cropping, a little bay. Which is funny, but you gotta remember, you know, 1990, 91, CDs are literally brand new. I mean, that was a completely new concept. It's not like today where, you know, I'm gonna take the CDU out. People just know. Of course, we're gonna have a conversation. They're out kind of in the back bush and cutting old logs and stuff. Look at all those weeds and that. You know, if you're a fan of the show, you've seen a lot of the show. Of course, Possum Van way in the back, kind of the back right there. But um, so we know where this is. This, this is actually um, kind of behind that shed. Uh, if you remember from Handyman Corner, there's kind of those sheds in the back. You know, the classic sheds that they do a lot of shooting in. That um, place outside of Hamilton. So this is actually the back, um, far corner of that that last shed. So it's actually a great shot. It gives you some perspective on kind of the property, a little bit, kind of where they shoot that type of thing. So it's just if he's, and you know, it's good when he's hyping it up. Of course, we got this bumper here again, like the last show of uh, the one where they were looking for food in the woods. Well, we're gonna have a, a talk here. Where she found this location. It's a, a, a lovely summer camp. It's uh, just west of Toronto. Again, in the Hamilton, London corner corridor, and you know, just a beautiful property. Still there, still being used as a camp, um, and pretty much my understanding looks more or less like it is here uh, 30 years ago. Of course, you gotta love that uh, rain suit. The hat goes on top of the hood, and 
you got another one of those crests, which lead me to believe that there's probably half a dozen or two dozen crests made. You only really see Harold and Red for a season, of course, on here, um, on the, this jacket. So there's a few made, a few out there. Fair enough. Back to Bob, of course. He's he's just completely losing his mind here. Classic Bob. Of course, now Red just wants to get this handled and get out of there. So you can just tell from the body language, just get out of there as fast as he can. Bob's just going to snap here. This is clearly where he's going to suck her into playing golf. Because no one else will play, of course. Of course, the problem here is he doesn't want to take a shot and uh, outshoot him, and of course, just get him going even more, which would be pretty hard to do. Of course, Steve Smith, pretty good golfer, plays a lot of golf, uh, definitely around southern Ontario, known for being on the golf course. So. Um, yeah, I've been told that they would do shooting, especially later in the series, they would do shooting in the mornings, uh, and then, you know, Steve Smith, you know, maybe they'd do some shooting without him for a bit, he would come to the set, they'd do some shooting for a while, and then they would have to plan for shooting to end with Steve, you know, mid-afternoon, because he would be off uh, going to play a little golf, you know. Of course, here, here we go with the bargain here. He's going to try to bargain him to, uh, to play some golf. So. Oh, there he goes. So he's got himself, he's got him hooked up to go and play golf on him. That's really all he wants. just like, I don't know, there's just so much of this character that I wish they, they still investigated more, you know, really gone into death on, and, you know, but it's still, it's, he plays such a great character. Of course, Fred just wants to go right into the closing credits and be out of it. We're about to find out why. I'm surprised the red doesn't go and like, you know, click a couple of buttons there and just get him out. Sure, you could see that could happen, right? Like it's... We know where this is going, don't we? Hey, this is great writing. Predictable, but great. Of course, you go right into the music now, they're just going to cut them off anyway. Kind of a weird thing of the show, because obviously they equate Harold to running it. And he hasn't clearly done anything, and they're just ending the show, so... And just out. talking. I have to wonder what they're talking about, because uh, you can see they're having a pretty decent conversation. I'm sure if you were on set uh, in the audience, you could probably hear them chatting, because they probably cut off the, the mics to it right now. So, if, if that's something you've ever experienced, you know, uh, give, me a, give me a shout at the website. I'd, I'd be curious to hear more about your experiences, and I'd even be interested to do an interview if we can set that up. I'm curious to see, especially early on in the series, something obviously real funny there with, with Red. I'm curious about that, right? But, uh, yeah. So that's our show. Uh, like I said, if, uh, 
if you did go and, and kind of do the show at some point, especially earlier on, like if you did any of the first couple of seasons, I'd love to talk to you uh, just to get the fan perspective that way. But, um, yeah, I always wonder what they talk about at the end. And, of course, being the end, that's uh, the end of this. Uh, we're going to close this podcast off, um, you know, just because we've done our show today. Uh, you know, great great episode, really. Uh, and we're really, I mean, at 20, we're only a handful uh, or less uh, episodes left until we're into Season 2. So uh, I'm going to end now, and uh, we're going to get right to Season 2 eventually, but certainly into the next episode uh, so we can get towards Season 2. So... Uh, before I go, though, I do want to thank our sponsor of the show, Railline Designs. Uh, as I said, uh, their slogans get your des- decor on track. Um, you know, check them out. They've been a great sponsor to us, and uh, we hope that you can be a great patron to them and sort of help support the show and support them and everyone get something nice for their home. So everyone wins, uh, and, and we definitely really appreciate their support here, and we appreciate your support as well. Uh, if you do want to reach out and talk to us uh, in any sort of way, um, feel free to go on to the Red Green Fans Facebook group or go to the website. Uh, it's a classic Red Green show at weebly.com. You can just Google that. It's the first thing that comes up there. And feel free to uh, have a comment or, um, you know, say something. Uh, I love to hear uh, some of your opinions on the site or on the show and uh, enjoy talking with other fans. Um, if you, like I said, if you got a unique perspective, I'd also love to get you on the show as well at some point. So, um, thanks for listening, uh, and we'll see you on our next episode. As always, keep your stick on the ice.